Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to We Gotta Talk, where the motto is real talk, big topics. We are diving in on my favorite topic, really, um, ever today, which is skincare with an amazing guest. Dr. Whitney Bowe is an award-winning board-certified dermatologist and a scientist based in New York. She takes what she calls a 3D approach to skincare. She was really one of the first, not the first, prominent dermatologist to really talk about the important connection between gut health and skin health. She's the author of two books, The Beauty of Dirty Skin and Dirty Looks. I own one, love it. And Dr. Bowe, I'm so grateful you're here today because you also have something else Else that you've been working on products that I've been using, uh, the Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty product, um, uh, beauty line. And I am so, so geeked that you're here to talk about this because this is so different from any other line I've used before. Thank you for being here. I'm so thrilled to be here. And, you know, for, for you guys who are listening, Sunny and I go way back. I feel like <laughs> this isn't just like a random, like, you know, here we are meeting. Like I have been you know, we've been, we've been friends on social media, quote unquote, for years, you know, and we were just talking offline about the fact that I think we've seen each other's children grow up, which is just so wild. So, you know, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like you have such a, a wonderful insight into, you know, health and taking that very sort of holistic and what I call that three-dimensional approach, like you get it you know, and you're also a mom. And I just, I love that you're balancing everything that you're balancing. And just thank you so much for, for, you know, inviting me to be here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. You've been doing things differently from the beginning, Dr. Bo. And that's what I love about you. We did connect when you released that first book. And what I liked about you, I know we're not supposed to use this term anymore, clean beauty. It's become verboten. We'll talk about that too. Um, but you, uh, you espouse a belief that, skincare is holistic, right? Um, that you can't just buy a $400 cream, slap it on your skin and be like, oh wait, I've got great skin. Um, tell us about what drew you to focus your research on gut health and its relation to skin and, and some of the surprising things you found out. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, it really started with when I was a kid, when I was 10 years old, which is the age of my daughter right now. Um, I went to the Bahamas with my family and I had something called conch chowder and my whole family didn't feel well, but I got really sick. And so when we came back to, you know, to, to home, coming back from vacation, I was actually in and out of the hospital for an entire year. Oh and gosh. I had gotten a parasite from, from the fish that was in the soup. And my, the doctors that were taking care of me, they, they thought initially that it was a bacterial infection. Like, you know, at the beginning, when you're doing the workup, it's very hard to know exactly what you're dealing with. So it's not that I blame them. Like they were trying to, trying to figure it out. So, you know, their first assumption was, okay, it's, it's a bacterial infection. Let's treat her with broad spectrum antibiotics. So when the first broad spectrum antibiotic didn't work, they tried another and another. And as you can imagine, you know, after all of those antibiotics, it basically decimated my gut microbiome and it made a, an opening, an opportunity for one sort of bad strain, not so healthy strain to overgrow. And so I developed something called C. difficile colitis, Clostridium difficile. And that's basically just the classic example of like an imbalanced gut microbiome, right? And so I was really sick. It, again, even after that happened, it took them a little while to figure out that that's what was going on. So as you can imagine, it was, you know, lots of tests, lots of pain. Um, you know, I lost a lot of weight and, and I was really honestly struggling for my life that year. Um, so that really started my journey in general in terms of just respecting the balance of sort of the good bacteria versus the bad bacteria, the gut microbiome, how your gut health can impact your entire health, you know, and, and just in general, making me so fully committed to living a healthy life. You know, I think when you're, when you have, when you've never had a health related obstacle, you can almost take, you know, health for granted. And for me, because I, I really was not, you know, a healthy kid. Um, and it took me years and years to fully recover, quite honestly, after that. Um, it, it really put in perspective to me that like, you know, I, just, I started to focus on achieving optimal health and, and really maintaining that health and nurturing that health and, and respecting what it means to be healthy. And it, it was almost like a, 
this drive within me. Uh, you know, I was always a science nerd. I always loved biology. You know, I loved dirt. I loved animals. Like, you know, I always loved that. But then sort of having through that lens of having sort of survived such a, a scary, you know, health related phenomenon, um, I really, I really made it my life's goal to, you know, optimize health, not just, not just live and be okay. And sort of, you know, be in that normal range, but, you know, really sort of push, push the limits of health in an evidence-based way and hopefully empower others, you know, my patients, my social media followers now, my customers um, to, to live in their most healthy way as well. Yeah, I should have mentioned that at the beginning. Your reach is just insane. Not only are you a contributor on Good Morning America regularly, but you have, you know, over 350,000 people on TikTok that you talk to, a huge following on Instagram, um, which which I love that you always feel like you're in a conversation with your people. So, but but about the antibiotics thing, I just find that so interesting. I'm a child of the 80s who had ear problems and I have consumed every type of Cillin or, you know, like, any oh my gosh, yes. And that's the oh classic gosh, example is kids who yes. had ear infections were given like recurrent doses of antibiotics, you know, throughout their childhood. And mm -hmm. now we know that, you know, even just one or two of those experiences can have, you know, multiple years of impacting your gut microbiome and your immune function and your overall health. So, you know, obviously I feel like you have overcome so much of that because you are, you are like the epitome of health. Um, but it, you know, from, from the outside perspective, I know it's, and she's struggling, it's always struggling, progress. <laughs> right. It's, right. We're always, we're always, uh, continuing to work on that. But, right. um, but I mean, obviously, you know, I think you're doing such an incredible job, but, but you almost had to work 10 times as hard because, you know, even just one or two of those, you know, rounds of antibiotics as a kid can have really long, uh, you know, significant impacts on your overall health. We're going to get to skin specifically in a second, but I know I have a lot of parents out there listening, wondering, oh my gosh, I've had my kid on antibiotics, say three times in the past five years. Yeah. What are some things from a medical perspective that parents can be doing if their kids have had to be on antibiotics? A good thing to get their gut health back on track. Yeah, yeah. So I think recovering is so important, but before we even recover, I think it's just really great to take a beat as a parent you know, I think your instinct is to protect your child. And when you go to see a doctor, you want to leave with something. You want to leave with that prescription. <laughs> you know, you're like, I just took off from work or I just, you know, uh, you know, put my other two kids with, with a sitter while I did this. Like, I, I can't keep dealing with this sickness. Like, I want my kid to get better soon. And so it's a lot of parents sort of instinct to be like, just, you know, fix it. Like, please give me a prescription, make it better. And so I think that a lot of doctors come to their pediatrician, a lot of, of mothers come to their pediatrician with the expectation that they really want, you know, to get that antibiotic in hand, you know, or e prescribed to their pharmacy. So if your doctor says to you, you know, I, I don't know that you need it. I, I think that that's something that is really important for you to say, you know what, like this kind of sucks. And, you know, it may take a couple of extra days, but like, I, I need to listen to that. Or, or if you are the parent and you're coming in and the doctor automatically prescribes the, the antibiotic, maybe take a second and say like, wait a second, I don't want to give it to my kid if they don't really need it. Like, if you think this is viral and you think it's just going to run its course, then, then I'm okay. You know, like I, a lot of parents come and a lot of pediatricians are overwhelmed and they have a lot of patients to see throughout the day. So sometimes it's almost like the path of least resistance mm -hmm. to say to the mom, like, oh, here's a prescription, you know, yeah, whatever, you're fine. Uh, now, a lot of pediatricians are much more aware of, you know, the negative health consequences of giving out antibiotics when they're not warranted, right? The overuse, the misuse of antibiotics. But some, unfortunately, still, you know, will resort to that even when they don't think that it's necessary. So sometimes as a mom, it's your job to advocate for your child and to sort of put in perspective, like, you know, if this really is viral, you know, and, and there, it, it, or maybe it's going to take another day or two to declare itself as a bacterial infection. Like maybe the, if the doctor's not sure that my kid needs a, a, an antibiotic, maybe I should wait, wait it out and see, you know, cause sometimes it, it takes 10 days to see like, okay, is the phlegm, you know, turning green it, or is the, is the fever persisting? Like there are certain symptoms that very well may warrant the antibiotic, you know, whereas sometimes you just can't tell early on in an illness, it might just be a viral illness and you might totally recover without it. Okay. So say you did, you know, give your child a, a course of antibiotics, one, multiple, et cetera. What can give you peace of mind to help them to heal their gut and back, get them back on track? So, you know, when it comes to kids, nurturing the microbiome is so important. And, and this is kids and adults, diversity in the diet is so important. You know, I think that there was this very heavy emphasis on probiotics. And I think the probiotics definitely have a role. They're really interesting. There's a lot of interesting science surrounding them. But if you take a step back, 
the thing that feeds the probiotics or the good bugs in your gut are called prebiotics. They're like food for your good bugs, right? And we get our prebiotics in our diet through a lot of different sources. And one of the signs that you're getting good prebiotics is brightly colored fruits mm -hmm. and vegetables. So trying to, you know, if you're a parent, if you're, if you're feeding your family, feeding yourself, trying to eat the rainbow, like getting as many different colors on your plate as possible, because it's not just about getting those bright colors, because those bright colors signify antioxidants. And they often signify something called polyphenols. And polyphenols, the science has been shown that they actually act as prebiotics, meaning they help to nourish and promote the growth of healthy strains of bacteria in your gut, and they help to inhibit the growth of less healthy strains. So having those brightly colored, the, when you look at like a pomegranate being bright red, or you see blueberries being bright blue, like having the, the bright, the green tea, you know, when you see that matcha powder and it's a bright green, like that's nature's way of telling you that though that there's a lot of polyphenols in those mm -hmm. foods and so those plant-based bionutrients are incredible for nourishing the gut microbiome and a lot of kids in particular are super picky when it comes to what their diet is you know so trying to get as as diversity diversity in your diet lots of different sources of plant-based foods is so absolutely important and then yes of course having you know, yogurt with live active cultures, you know, other foods that you can incorporate into your kid's diet that, you know, might be supportive of a, of a healthy microbiome are important. But I think the number one, two, and three are going to be to try to get those multiple sources of plant, plant-based foods into your kid's diet every single day. And that goes for, for mommies as well. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Speaking of things that we eat and put in our bodies, we're going to just pivot right to the products and we'll go back and talk more general skincare. Sure. I brought these on. So if you guys are listening to this podcast, make sure you pop over to the video either on Spotify or on YouTube, but I'm holding the two products in the line of Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty. And this is the moisturizer, uh, Bow Glow. It's a microbiome nourishing cream, love and adore it. But this is the Bow Grow, which I have found such results from Dr. Bo already using for just under a month that I was surprised. I'm a little jaded when it comes to beauty products. I've tried a bunch and working in TV, I've had occasion to work with makeup artists and tried just about everything there is to try when it comes to skincare. But I have noticed when I'm using this and I'm going to drop it into my water while we're talking here, guys, but I have noticed my skin actually looking clearer and brighter. Please tell me that I'm not crazy and that this so, is actually real. You're not crazy. And I also love the fact that you've been using it consistently over time, because when it comes to the gut skin connection, it's very rare that you're going to see a difference like overnight. You know, I mm -hmm. think that consistency is so, so important. Uh, so what you're seeing and what you're experiencing is that the main ingredients there are polyphenols. So the polyphenols that we talked about, like sort of eating that diversity, you know, we, we, of course, it's always my first goal is to counsel my patients about, you know, incorporating food and, and healthy, you know, actual whole foods into their diet. But realistically speaking, like it's, it's impractical for a lot of people to get all of those different polyphenols in clinically studied doses you know, at the diver the level of diversity, like the, the how many different, you know, fruits and vegetables are you really eating every single day, even if you're making the effort. So when I developed Bobro, what I did was I put in eight different sources of polyphenols and I use the clinically studied doses that actually have been shown to support skin health. And, and actually polyphenols are super bitter. Like they're there when you get the really effective ones that have been shown to rebalance the gut microbiome and support skin health, they can be not pleasant to taste. And my patients in general always say to me, like, I hate drinking water. Like they just don't like, so I was like, okay, now here we are. I've got this phenomenon where I know that drinking water is really important. Just staying hydrated is important for your health, important for your skin health. You know, and my patients don't like drinking water. And I really want to deliver these polyphenols, but I know they're going to be a little bit bitter. You know, so I actually mixed it with just a little bit of, of lemon juice and monk fruit. So you can taste a little bit of that pomegranate tartness, but it's really mm -hmm. subtle. It gives it subtle notes. It's a vegan elixir that you basically shake. You add one to three dropperfuls into four ounces of water or sparkling water, and then you sip on it every single day. You're basically drinking your skincare. And can you do this more than once a day? Because it's really good. I love it. I don't mind a bitter taste, although this is not bitter in the least. Um, but can you do it multiple times a day? And is there a benefit 
skin wise to ingesting more of these polyphenols or do we hit sort of a, a limit at some point and your skin isn't going to improve anymore? Yeah. It's absolutely safe to take up to four dropper fulls. And, you know, there's some droppers, you know, pull up a little bit more than others. So I've gotten mm -hmm. a lot of questions about like exactly how many drops actually calculated it. So you need a minimum of 20 drops to okay. get the, the basic, you know, daily dose that we studied in the clinical studies. And I'll go yeah. into the results of the clinical studies, right? Because you can't tell, like, sometimes it goes you up a really third, tell. sometimes it goes up, it goes up a half. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's why we sort of said that ballpark of like one to three, but really it's 20 drops will give you the minimum daily dose that you need. It's safe to actually triple or quadruple that in terms of safety. You, so safety, no issue whatsoever. If you, if you really love it, I have some, some people have, you know, DM me, text me, um, customer service wise. They're like, um, I sort of went through a lot more than I was supposed to. Am I, you know, am I okay right now? Um, so from a safety perspective, yes. And actually, yes, we do anticipate you're going to have a greater potency or a greater effect if you do go up in those higher doses. Um, so, mm -hmm. so no issue, you know, there whatsoever. When we talked about the clinical studies that we did with this. So what's so fascinating is, you know, this is, you know, cause you sort of, you've been living in this world. Um, but it's one of those industry secrets that a lot of beauty brands and skincare brands will rely on one individual ingredient. They won't test the final formulation of a product. So, you know, you, you kind of don't necessarily know what you're getting from the final formulation. So I just, as a research scientist, like I've published over 40 peer reviewed scientific publications and, you know, I, I studied extensively, you know, when it comes to the Clinical Center for Epidemiology and Biostatistics, I've done basic science research, I've done epidemiology research, I've done clinical studies. So my threshold and my level of, you know, if I'm going to make a claim, like I'm going to do uh -huh. it the way I would do it if I were submitting to a peer reviewed academic journal, you know, like legit. So, you know, rather than go with the marketing trends of like, oh, it's really sort of inexpensive to go with, this is what one ingredient supplier says that it does. I'm just going to go with that. I made the conscious decision to say, I'm going to actually put all of my products to the test using rigorous clinical testing, the final formulation before I ever go to market with any of these products. And I did that with Glow and with Grow and it's expensive and it mm -hmm. takes time, right? I mean, we're... So, but what we found was that if you actually use the two products together, meaning if you use the moisturizing cream and you have one dose of grow. So literally after one application of Bow Glow moisturizing cream and one dose of Bow Grow, within minutes, we had a hundred percent of our subjects had a statistically significant increase in hydration in the skin as measured with clinical instrumentation. Like we actually used an instrument right. called a corneometer and we actually measured it's you're measuring the electrical capacitance in the skin. I'm sorry to totally nerd out here. No nerd like, out. I love it. And this is a difference than different from a consumer perception study where you'll see on labels, Oh, 25 or 80% of, uh, you know, users noticed a that's not scientific. Those I love that you even skins. know that term like consumer yeah, I, perception studies I'm, like people don't I'm even nerding know out with that. you I'm yeah. so well, impressed right now so yeah so consumer perception studies are basically surveys it's a questionnaire and I'm not saying that that's not important I absolutely collected that data it's it's sort of that person's experience using the products it's mm -hmm. a subjective experience like oh I think I saw an improvement in my fine lines and wrinkles I feel as though my skin was more hydrated. So you'll see a lot of brands saying 98% of subjects noticed an improvement in skin hydration. That's asking the question, like, do you feel like your skin is more hydrated? What I did is I took it one step further mm -hmm. and I wanted to objectively measure it using an instrument, right? Like actually quantify and measure the change in hydration in the skin, because as a total nerd scientist, like that's what we would do in the lab. Like we wouldn't just interview people and be like, Hey, did you think your skin was hydrated? Like no journal would accept that. <laughs> if you're trying to publish that, they'd be like, okay, like how did you measure it? You know, mm -hmm. is it statistically significant? Right. So, so every time that I make a claim, I'm thinking about like, what's the most accurate way to actually test this. So when it comes to hydration, corneometry is an, an instrument that actually measures hydration in the skin. So I had a, one of my um, makeup artist patients, she's a celebrity makeup artist. She, you know, gets people ready for the red carpet, for TV. I'm sure you've been in the chair of many of these like celebrity makeup artists where, you know, they are dealing with people who are totally tired. They're waking up sometimes at like 4 a.m. or they've been like promoting a show until like the late, you know, late hours and that they're exhausted. 
They have fine lines, dark circles under their eyes. They look dehydrated. When you don't sleep well, your skin is much more likely to be dehydrated. So I had my patient come back to me and she was like, Dr. Bo, this is crazy. But I gave one glass, one dose of Bowglow, and I applied one application of Bowglow to one of my TV personalities, very well-known name that I'm sure you would know. And she came in and she was like, she had little fine lines, creepy texture under her eyes, on her neck. She's like literally within minutes of looking at her, everything plumped up. And I was able to not use as much of the typical makeup that I need to use to make it look like I usually need to put on like four layers of concealer. I do, Mm -hmm. you know, color corrector, then I do concealer, then I do foundation, then I do a layer shade of foundation. She's like, I I have this whole routine that I do to camouflage. And meanwhile, like her, she's like, is that possible? And what she was describing, she's like in the Mm -hmm. chair right in front of me. Like, that's what we measured, right? We measured that you can actually like that level of hydration in the skin. You can statistically significant improve it literally within minutes of one application. So that was one test that we did. Another test that I did with the two of them is I actually took very high resolution photographs, clinical photography, using very advanced software analysis to actually look and quantify different things in the skin. Texture, tone, uneven tone, fine lines around the eyes. And we actually were able to measure statistically significant improvements in all of those things, in texture, uneven tone, and fine lines and wrinkles, when you use the combination of the products, but what you said before that you were taking it consistently, it took like when we really saw that huge jump in those changes was between three and four weeks. So, Oh, that's interesting. So I'm just approaching that now, probably at the end of this week, we'll be at around three and a half, three weeks, three and a half weeks. So. Okay, great. So there's some things you can see right away, like hydration, you can see right away. For, we tested Boglo, the cream to see if it repaired the skin barrier using something called a two meter, which measures trans epidermal water loss that it actually did in one application in one hour. Like there are certain things you can see right away. Right. And then there are other things that just take longer, like the gas bloating, regular digestion that we saw in the clinical studies. People didn't actually appreciate that until week three. Well, let me tell you this. I have not been taking my regular probiotic and I don't generally have stomach upset or bloat or issues at all, but like I I didn't notice anything. Like usually when I skip a supplement or like, you know, I, I can just, maybe it's overthinking it, but I feel like I can tell there has been no disruption to how my body in general has felt in using this too. So I wondered if it was not a substitution for a probiotic, but it may be something that's working in the same way that that typically does. So what's interesting is that when you combine polyphenols with probiotics, it actually makes the probiotics more effective, which is very interesting. So I should get back on that. The reason that I started with the polyphenols as opposed to probiotics was because it actually works upstream. It works before Mm. the probiotics. Like I have a lot of patients who try probiotics and they'll say like, I don't really notice a difference or see a difference. If your gut is already inflamed Mm. and you have an imbalance of your gut microbiome, you can take probiotics and literally pee out the benefits. Like you're, you don't get the benefits. So the very Mm. first step is you want to actually heal the lining of your gut. You want to help with the gut barrier and you want to help rebalance the gut microbiome. And then your gut is actually more receptive to other things that you can add down the road. So as a, some people won't even need the probiotics if they're okay. taking this regularly. But if, if you're going to decide on one or the other, I would always start with the polyphenols first and then sort of add the probiotic down the road. Is there something we can look for in our skin to tell if we have a gut imbalance? I know that we typically are told to look for digestive issues or stomach problems, but what do you look for in people's skin to indicate that there could be a gut issue, a gut health issue? Such a great question. So if you have an imbalance of gut bacteria in your gut, if your gut microbiome is out of balance or if your gut barrier is not intact, and we can definitely go into the science behind that, but I want to answer your question first, is that you can manifest in the skin in a number of different ways. And it has to do with your genetic predisposition. Some people, it can show up as just dehydrated skin, just dry skin. Like they feel like no matter how much water they drink, no matter how many moisturizers they use, their skin is sort of always on that dry, tight side. Mm -hmm. Some people can show up as sensitive skin. They feel like their skin is just more reactive. Like they're like, why can my friend use every product under the sun? And I feel like every time I use something new, like I I don't know if I'm going to break out. I don't know if I'm going to react to it. Like my skin is just almost like a diva and it Mm -hmm. tends to react. That could be a sign that you have an imbalanced gut microbiome. But if you're prone, if you're genetically prone to a condition like eczema, acne, rosacea, then 
having an imbalanced gut microbiome or a compromised gut barrier can lead to flares of those conditions where you it's much more difficult to get it under control. You feel like it's just out of control. You're much more likely to see that that eczema flare, that rosacea flare, that acne breakout, right? So so I have patients who when they sort of re, you know rebalance their gut that shows up in their skin that they're they don't they can go off of prescription medications they you know they don't need to be relying on that now something more subtle that i think is really important for for your your audience in particular my my customer base and my patients is that sometimes an imbalanced gut microbiome and, and an unhealthy gut can not show up as anything dramatic in the skin like you're it's not like something you'd go to see your dermatologist for but it just accelerates aging so it actually creates this low grade level of inflammation in the skin, almost like this like slow boil that always puts your skin on the defensive and not the offensive. It's like your skin is just putting out fires all day long. And so you, you're, break, you're breaking down collagen faster than you can make collagen. And you just feel like, why am I feel like aging more rapidly? You're not seeing, you're not seeing big red blotches. You're not like, you know, you may not be suffering from quote unquote, a skin condition that you'd be like, oh gosh, this is something that I, you know, I really need to see a, a professional for, but you may just be like, wow, why, you know, I feel like why are like my friends don't have these, you know, little creepy texture under the eyes. And I feel like my brown spots are coming out, you know, more, more readily than others, et cetera. So th those are things that can absolutely show up. Perfect. I'm marking that down. Hold on. I love that. Yeah. I do think we, it's something that, you know, again, growing up in a different era, um, we never were taught to look toward our internal health and how it manifested externally. And, and I just love that this is behind the whole line too. We do have to talk quickly about this moisturizer too. I mean, I love a good, it's, it's, I want to say it's like thick, but it's like not too thick that it doesn't soak in, but I love, I, I found myself reaching for this. I, on my recovery nights, when I'm not using my retinol, I will use this on its own, but I can even put it on first. If I want to buffer the strength of my, you know, whatever it is that I'm using that night, usually retinol, it, it just, it's very soothing to the skin. And I, I love that when I put this on, I don't sometimes even with things that are supposed to be relatively inert ingredients, I still feel them. And I don't even have sensitive skin, but this, it feels like, um, like a blanket on my skin. You know, it's just very comforting. I love it. So I, it's, in, it's incredibly nourishing. And I think that what I was trying to do with that, this formula took me 17 different iterations. Like I was, I kept going back because what I wanted was I wanted it to have that very calming, soothing, nourishing effect. I wanted to deliver all the prebiotics and postbiotics, and squalene, ceramides, hyaluronic acid that I knew were going to rebalance the skin microbiome and really help to hydrate the skin and drive the results that I wanted to achieve. So I wanted that science, but I wanted it to be delivered in a formulation that you could use both in the morning and in the evening. And I am somebody who I layer my skincare, like in the morning, mm -hmm. I'll put on a vitamin C serum. I put on a moisturizer and then I put on sunscreen and then I put on foundation and I wanted to be able to use the same moisturizer in the morning that I would use at night and give me that same amount of nourishing hydration, but without feeling greasy and heavy. And I, I, it was a real challenge to find that kind of a product. And, you know, my patients also expressed the same thing. They were like, you know, I feel like the products that I can use in the morning to layer with that won't make my makeup look like it's sliding off of my face. Right. You know, like it's not the same product. Like they needed a lighter cream in the morning and then they needed a heavier cream at night. And I wanted to create a product that actually could be used for both, that it was like lightweight enough that it, it dives into the skin. It doesn't sit on the surface of the skin. It actually dives into the skin. It's not occlusive. It's not going to break you out. It layers beautifully underneath your, you know, with underneath your makeup, et cetera. But then at night, it can be a standalone moisturizer. Like it actually drives enough of that, you know, hydration. And as we talked about, like that, you know, skin barrier repair that even by itself is a single step. If you cleanse and just put on the Bow Glow Cream, then that's going to be enough to really repair the skin barrier and hydrate the skin as a single step at night. And that, that took me a while to come up with that formulation. I'm sorry. I have two invaders. Okay. Guys, I'm in the middle of an interview. Say hi to Dr. Bo. They are adorable. Hi, hi guys. Are you wearing She's your sunscreen cut. this summer? Oh, what did we talk about this morning? She asked if you're wearing your sunscreen. What did I say this morning? I said, we're going to put on our sunscreen. We don't want brown spots, sunspots. Amazing. <laughs> Okay, listen, let me finish. It. Okay, you guys go play. You can tell me something when I'm done. No, can I put these in a cup? Yeah, go put them in a cup. Have your sister get a cup.
Okay. I'm you're sorry you're about a brilliant that. mom, by the way, because like when the moms Bye. are like, put on your sunscreen so you don't get melanoma or skin cancer, kids don't care. But if you say something like, you know, put on your sunscreen so you don't get brown spots, they're like, oh, I'm going to put on my sunscreen. Oh my God. I'm like, we are queen mole over. Like, I I don't know what is happening, but actually you should probably, you could probably shed some light. Like I'm Italian, hundred percent Italian. So it's not like I don't have some melanin in my skin, but as I'm getting older, Dr. Bo, I'm noticing these spots have come out of nowhere on places that aren't even exposed to the sun, like my back. I'm like, I look like a GD connect the dot on my back. I'm like, what happened in the past five years? Anyway, that's a separate topic, but yes, <laughs> we, we are all about skincare here. Do you tell your daughter too? Like, cause I, I do want to walk a fine line between sun and skin health, but like not making them overly worried about like cosmetic things too early. So like what line do we walk with the daughters? Absolutely. And absolutely. You know, my daughter is a, she's a strawberry blonde and she's got porcelain skin. She's oh, literally she's a walking melanoma risk. So for my daughter, it's actually easier for me to counsel yeah. her about sun protection because without getting sun protection, she gets a really bad burn and it hurts. Oh, Your gosh. kiddos have a lot more pigment in their skin. If they get a little sun, they just get a golden brown. So for you, it's it's harder to counsel them and it's harder to encourage them to do it. Um, so it, it is a fine balance in terms of like what age you start. Like my patients who are in their teens, you know, or in their 20s, it's all about feeding into the vanity because they don't they don't think about they think that mm -mm. they're you know gonna live forever. They never right. they don't think about skin cancer, right? right. So right. so you have to feed into like, oh, if you you know want to save money on your skincare products and you don't want to see me for Botox and fillers and lasers, <laughs> you know, then definitely use your sunscreen. You know, and I think that vanity plays a role there. But when you're talking about like, you know, a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old, you know, I think that it's a it's more a matter of modeling the behavior. I think right. that if they see mommy do it, that is worth more than any words that you could use. Like if you yeah. won't leave the house without putting on your sunscreen and your hat, and you know, you and you do the same, you know, for your family members that you love and you like they see you doing it. You don't even have to worry about like, what is the hook? You know, what, how are you going to, how do I them? sell this? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like they see mommy taking care of, of her skin that way. Like we're going to do it too. I have to ask you this because this has been on my mind for years. I am a fan and have been a fan of mineral formulations when it comes to sunblocks versus sunscreens, which are the chemical ones that soak into our skin. And yeah. people who are listening probably have heard this comparison before on how to decide between what type of formulation is right for you. I don't want to be stuck in the fear of the clean beauty movement. I do believe generally in looking at ingredients and, and using discretion when it comes to things, but I don't want to go overboard. So can you just soothe my worry when it comes to chemical sunscreens? Am I actually doing damage in the long term to my overall health by choosing that versus a zinc oxide that just kind of sits on the skin? Because I'm having a really hard time accepting the safety of that. I heard that or read that study that chemical sunscreen ingredients are in fact absorbed into the bloodstream. And the explanation from the FDA was, well, that's okay. We, we don't know what it's going to do long-term, right. but they're it's there. Like and I'm like, wait, okay. So like, should I work? Like, cause it's there and you're telling me I'm absorbing it. Like, how can it be safe? If So I don't know. We're, we're, what do I need to do here? Let's go there. So the chemical sunscreens, oxybenzone and octinoxate are ones that I wouldn't put on my skin. Okay. Actually, most of the sunscreen companies that are made with chemicals have reformulated, so they don't even have them in them anymore. So like, quite honestly, like practically speaking, it's almost hard to find products that have those ingredients. So oxybenzone is the most controversial of all of them in terms of a health perspective. That being said, I personally wear a chemical sunscreen on my face every day. And I just want, yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for many reasons. Um, number one, the chemical sunscreens or chemical plus mineral, meaning if you're seeing a sunscreen that has, say it's got like avobenzone and homosalate, and it also happens, happens to have zinc oxide in it, those sunscreens work so much better. Yeah, like LTMD is like famous for having one chemical sunscreen then plus that micronized or whatever zinc oxide, right? Absolutely. That that LTMD, that UV clear that everybody loves, yeah. it's got on the front of it, it's like we have transparent zinc and people, oh, zinc, 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 great. It's a mineral sunscreen. Turn it around 
And people like Sonny take that next level and you're like, wait a second, There's this also, also has a chemical in it. So it's a combination of, chemi of chemical and physical. And it, so it, it not only doesn't clog the pores and it goes on beautifully and it goes on, it doesn't leave a white cast and on deeper skin tone. So cosmetically, you're more likely to use it, but it also works better. Like when you have third party testers like Consumer Reports, which is like an independent third party testing lab. They'll put all these sunscreens to the test every year. And then they rank them in order of efficacy. And you'll see that the mineral-only sunscreens never make the cut. They're always at the very bottom. They just wow. don't work as well. Like if you're somebody who struggles with melasma mm -hmm. or you get brown spots or hyperpigmentation and you are trying to use these mineral sunscreens and you keep seeing your brown spots getting worse it's probably because your sunscreen, you could be reapplying every hour all day long and the sunscreens are not going to protect you. So like from my perspective, it's a balance. It's a balance between efficacy. Like you've got, like it's got to work, right? Mm -hmm. It's got to work. Now let's take a look at it working and let's find the safest, most like safe ingredients for your body, mm -hmm. for your skin and for the planet. And now let's formulate something that works and that also gives you peace of mind. Like that's that's where I think the clean beauty movement went awry when it started focusing so heavily on sort of fear mongering. And it was like, oh my gosh, like chemicals or toxins. And, you know, right. and, and I think there were, there's so many things about the clean beauty movement that I love and think like that it was really well intentioned. But where I think that it sort of has become more controversial using the word clean is because you know, it's been associated with fear mongering where people focus on like what's not in the product as opposed to what's in the product. Like it's, right. it's almost like an excuse, not even to prove that your product works. It's like, well, it doesn't have this. So use it. Right. So that's, but that's not enough yes. of a reason to buy it. And then there's also something called greenwashing where, mm -hmm. you know, you're almost like making people think that it's like, oh, it's natural. So it's better. Well, not all natural ingredients are actually better for your skin or better for the planet. Like essential oils, unfortunately, you know, when they're left on the skin in a leave-on product are very likely, they're one of the top causes of reactions, breakouts, irritation over time. You're much more likely to develop a skin allergy if you expose your skin to essential oils on a regular basis. And a lot of essential oils are not good for the planet. The way that they're harvested is not sustainable. And it actually can end up damaging, not only to deforestation, endangering plant species and animal species. So it's it's this, there's a lot of nuance. And I think that sometimes marketing will jump on something and make it black or white. And it's not always black or white. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I'm glad you said that. Really, it's. Um, it takes a lot for me to be convinced to trust things just because, well, I'm a curious person, I'm a journalist. You're, you're, and I you're really very have to educated and so you're skeptical. Yes. Right, right. And so, you know, hearing something like, oh, it actually does, some of it does absorb, but just trust us, it's okay. It's difficult for me to get there. But what convinces me hearing you explain this is overall efficacy. Like if I can find a, a formulation that I feel comfortable with, like Supergoop is a line that I know has a lot of research behind Super it. Goop, Supergoop has mostly chemicals in their formulations, but they're avoiding the ones that are controversial, meaning mm -hmm. the ones that have been associated with studies that give you pause. Like right. oxybenzone is an ingredient that I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm afraid to use it. I don't want to use it. Like that's, that's not fear mongering. That's looking at the evidence. There's like enough right. studies out there that I'm kind of like, Oh, no, thank you. You know, and yeah. can you, if you can find another filter that's equally as effective and doesn't have those potentially scary side effects, of course, I'm going to go with the one that's equally effective. Supergroup has done a great job of doing that because they are, they're leaning into the efficacy. They're creating products that people want to use. They actually blend into deeper skin tones. They don't break you out. They, sometimes they act as beautiful primers, right? Like the unseen or mm -hmm. the glow screen, like they, they layer beautifully. So you want to use them, which is so important when it comes to a sunscreen. Ideally you're using it every single day, you know, but they also acknowledge the fact that like, you know, it, it's, it's a balance. Like there's some chemicals that don't have controversy, controversy surrounding them. There are com some chemical filters that have been used for a very long time that are extensively studied that really don't seem to be associated with any negative or detrimental effects in humans. And so they'll lean on those. And, right. you, and that's, in my opinion, I think that's really smart. I love that. Okay. And you use them on the kids too, right? On your daughter too. You feel comfortable. I do. You know what I do though? I do a balance with her because I okay. do, 
uh, create, I try to make her use sun protective fabrics as much as possible. Yes. We love so, a long, long sleeve bathing suit a around rash here. Guard. All we wear. Yes. A rash guard. Be- and mm-hmm. then she's not putting sunscreen on her chest, her back, her arms, mm-hmm. right? So she's only putting it on her face, her little, you know, her little ears, her neck, and she's putting it on her legs. And then she calls it a day. And and that's, first of all, for convenience. Like my kid goes to camp. I'm not there to reapply her sunscreen. She's not going to reapply it to every square inch of her body every single day. So I think rash guards are so important. And then to give you peace of mind in general with anything, like whether it's chemical, mineral, like any of these ingredients, like it's it's all like the dose is also important, right? So right. if there is some ingredient that say a year or two years down the road, we're going to discover like, oh, actually, you know, this one may be associated with X, Y, or Z. I always think like less is more. If you can come mm-hmm. up with a, I wouldn't tell people like if they have a moisturizer that has sunscreen in it and they're like, oh, can I just use it before I go to bed? Even if I think that sunscreen is perfectly safe, I would say no, because right. why would you expose your skin to something that you, that you don't need? You're not, yeah. you know, you're not sunbathing at night, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, so, so just use a moisturizer without sunscreen at night and use right. one within the morning. Like, like I'm, I always take a very conservative approach. You know, right. I, I took a, a Hippocratic oath, do no harm. And I think that we're always, science is always evolving. We're always learning new things. So right. if there's something that we don't know now, and I say to you, like, I believe this is safe. Is it possible that a year or two years from now, we're going to discover that there might be a certain risk? And, and usually the risk is correlated with a very high dose of exposure on a very regular basis. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of my approaches in general. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a throw the kitchen sink at your skin person anyway. Like I, oh, I think less is more. I think coming up with the ingredients that you actually need when you use them, a thoughtful strategic approach to skincare, you know, and then you can go about living your life and feel good about what you're doing and not worry if, if suddenly, you know, a year from now that crazy benzene scare came out with even the Ugh. mineral sunscreens and everyone's like, here I am thinking I'm using the quote unquote safest sunscreens out there and they have a carcinogen in them. Like you never know, like those things, they can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always think like if there's, hey, if there's a fabric that protects your skin, like use it, you know, rely on that. And they're so cute, like unpaid for commercial, but Mott 50 makes, I think I discovered them through you actually. We did Mott that 50 thing. makes the cutest stuff. Cabana Life has okay. these little rompers that are out that are like absolutely adorable. I'm obsessed with them. Um, there's another brand called Tutu Blue, T-U-T-U-B-L-U-E, that has these there. It's actually like surfer inspired. So they have these like, um, you know, body suits that are super cool looking that you can get like the short ones that are just shorts and a body suit or you can get the full body ones. Um, they're a little bit more on the expensive side, but they're so cute. Like you can definitely last find forever. And they last forever. Mm-hmm. They do. I love yeah. it. Okay. So, okay. Two final questions here. Number one, and, and you can go, I'm taking up so much of your time. I feel like I could talk to you. We could talk literally. all day. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions for you. Number one, is an SPF in the works for Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty at any point or any So other for product? anybody who follows me on TikTok or Instagram, you know, I'm all about skin cycling. And when I talk about like what products to use in the morning, what products to use in the evening, how to cycle through your skincare routine. I think you could probably guess what's in my pipeline and a sunscreen is one of the things that I am actively working on. But the way that I'm going to be launching any product line, like anything, any product that I come out with is going to be groundbreaking in terms of the science, the formulation, the clinical testing. Like I am, I've been a consultant and advisor for all the skincare companies, you know, for Mm -hmm. the big ones that have super deep pockets that are global for the startups. I know the shortcuts. I know how to get a product concept onto shelf in six months. I know how mm-hmm. to do it. I am choosing not to do that. I am choosing to build every single formulation from the ground up and put it to rigorous testing to prove that it actually changes the skin and transforms the skin in the way that is safest for your body, your skin, and your planet. And that, quite honestly, takes time. So, yeah. you know, when although I'm not going to have a million SKUs coming out all at once, the way that some skincare brands will. I can guarantee you that every time we launch something, it's going to be something that we have really like I've done the homework for you. So when you use it, you have peace of mind, like, okay, this is going to work. And I feel really good about using this. There's literally no one I trust more that like I I have done again, not from a medical perspective or standpoint, but from a consumer perspective, I feel like knowing that the clinicals are behind this, knowing that your science background and your medical background has played into how you formulated the products makes such a difference to me as a consumer that like, literally I'm going to buy stock in your company if it ever goes public. 
It's like, I believe that much in you. You're amazing. Um, okay. Run us through. This will be the last question. You can just give us a couple of details. You don't have to feel like you have to give every single detail, but I want to go through a quick, good AM skin routine and PM skin routine. I know this will be different depending on skin needs and age and conditions, but we're just going to generally say people with normal-ish skin, 30 to 50, this demo, this light time of life when most of us are, are busy, but want to have good, glowy, shiny, great skin morning you want to cleanse single cleanse you do not need to double cleanse in the morning all you're removing is your skincare from the night before you should not have slept in your makeup okay so no need to double cleanse in the morning single ph balanced gentle water-based cleanser doesn't leave your skin feeling tight dry squeaky clean step one pat dry with a towel step two you want to use a vitamin c antioxidant serum the older version is called L-ascorbic acid, which is a diva ingredient. It tends to be very, very unstable. Probably by the time you're halfway through your L-ascorbic acid serum, it's probably not working anymore. Oh, there are newer sense. formulations of vitamin C that are coming out. Tetrahexyl desilosorbate, ethyl ascorbic acid. It's, it's basically more stable forms that seem to be just as potent, just as powerful. So you might want to start looking for those and they're just much better tolerated. Those like mm -hmm. sticky, tacky, funky smelling, you know, pilling, like all those issues that people have with their vitamin C, where in the future, the next generation of vitamin C serums, we're not going to be seeing that. Awesome. After you put that in your skin, then you want to use, I would recommend Boglo moisturizing cream. You want to use a moisturizer that's going to be lightweight, dive into your skin, not clog your pores, good for acne prone skin but also rebalance your microbiome and repair your skin barrier, okay? That is absolutely foundational when it comes to a healthy skincare routine. On top of that, you can put a sunscreen. The one that I'm using right now is a Korean sunscreen. It's called Beauty of Joshan. It is like $12. I'm obsessed. I did all the background research to make sure that it, the SPF is totally legit. It's been rigorously tested to protect against UVA. So definitely recommend that one. And then you can put on foundation, makeup, whatever you want to do after that. So that's your morning routine. That's all you need. In the evening, I recommend cycling through your skincare routine. So if you Google like hashtag skin cycling on TikTok or Instagram, you'll see like super detailed, you know, versions of this. And I talk about it for acne and oily prone, acne, oily, acne prone skin. I talk about it for dry, mature skin. Like I'll give you different variations, but the take home message is that you want to be cycling through your skincare every night. So on night one, it's exfoliation night meaning you cleanse, you pat dry, you want to use an exfoliating serum, ideally one that has a blend of different exfoliating acids. I don't believe in scrubs and physical exfoliants. Those tend to be very damaging okay. for the skin. So mm -hmm. I, ideally you want to look for one that has glycolic acid, salicylic acid, like a blend of acids in it. Glycolic at 8% 8, 8 or higher actually is the most effective in terms of brightening and also building collagen over time, which a lot of people don't even think about when it comes to an exfoliating serum, but it's something to keep in mind. It might tingle a little bit. If it tingles a little bit, you wait for the tingling to subside, then you put on your moisturizer. In my case, it would be Bow Glow, and then you're done. That's exfoliating night. Night two is your retinoid night. On retinoid night, you're going to cleanse. You're going to pat dry. And if you're wearing like water resistant, you know, makeup or sunscreen, you might want to double cleanse. Double cleansing is doing micellar water followed by a water-based cleanser or doing like a pre-cleanse balm, like sort of an oil-based balm, and then following it with a water-based cleanser. You pat dry, then you're going to put on your retinoid. Retinoids can range from over-the-counter retinol or retinal or a prescription strength retinoid from your dermatologist. Less is more. You take a pea-sized amount, you dab it all over your face. Don't forget your neck and chest. I treat them all like they're one cosmetic unit. And then you put your moisturizer on top, done with retinoid night. Then the next two nights are recovery nights. So nights three and nights four are recovery nights. You cleanse, you pat dry. You can make it as simple as just a moisturizer. Cleanse, pat dry, bow glow, or your favorite moisturizer, done. Or you can add two optional steps. Cleanse, pat dry hydrating serum. Like if you have a great hyaluronic acid serum that you love, put that on, then put on your moisturizer. And then another optional step is to pat an oil on top of that. Oil so goes last. Oil always goes last on top okay. of the moisturizer. So with the recovery nights, the focus is avoiding any potentially irritating acids, any potentially irritating retinoids, and literally just focusing on repairing your skin barrier and rebalancing your skin microbiome. And then you cycle back to night one. So it's night one, night two, night three, night four, repeat the cycle. Night one, night two, night three, night four, repeat the cycle. It has been game changing for people who are, are sort of either hitting a plateau with their skincare routine. They're kind of like, I just don't feel like it's doing anything anymore. 
or people who are experiencing like dry, itchy patches or breakouts or, you know, blotchy skin. They're sort of like, I don't know what I'm reacting to, but my skin is just not mm -hmm. responding well. When you start skin cycling, you get like all the benefits of those like push ingredients, those active nights, you know, the retinoids and the exfoliating acids. And then you also build in time for recovery the same way you would do with like an exercise routine. Like you wouldn't do the same right. exercise routine every day, right? That makes total sense. Okay. I'm going to put this all in show notes, guys. Do you have a shot my shelf, Dr. Bo, that we could link to? Because I know that's a website where people can get specific products or where do you link all of your preferred favorite I products? I have most of my favorite products actually on my Instagram channel in my highlights. Oh, and perfect. I, I okay. run through them there. I have um, a skin cycling section where I go through all my favorite products there. And awesome. then for, for my, you know, I have also a lot of educational resources on my website. So drmanybobeauty.com. If you go to um, resources, we have something called DWB Skindex, where I literally dive into like every single ingredient in the products that I have and why they're there, what they do, like, like just honest, like not marketing, like this is what it is. I sometimes link to PubMed. I give you the scientific studies to really be that, like, take that deep dive. Like this mm -hmm. is what this ingredient is doing. And then I also have something called Derm Scribbles which is basically like, it's like a blog and it's just like behind the scenes. It's like the way that I would just talk to a, a, a patient or a friend, just honestly, transparently about topics that a lot of people like don't necessarily openly talk about in the beauty mm -hmm. world um, and just giving people information and education. Cause I think that, you know, empowering through education and transparency, like that's the cornerstone of feeling like you're in control of your skin. I love that. And by the way, what hair products do you use? Anybody who follows you knows your hair is fabulous. It's like literally Goldilocks. What are you using? I have to know. So right now I'm using Orbe shampoo and conditioner. And quite honestly, I think that so much of the health of my hair has to do with the fact that I now only wash it every four to five nights. Like that's a it. huge difference. Yeah. Uh, which has been game changing for me. And I'll put the shampoo at the root mm -hmm. and I'll do the conditioner just on this, on the bottom half of my hair. And I actually use an Aquas hair turban. I don't know if you've heard of that brand, Aquas. They have like this wicking, like it's instead of using heat, instead of blowing it dry, I'll actually let the towel do half of the drying for me. So that when I do actually break out the blow dryer or the curling iron or however I'm styling my hair, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's already like half the damage has already, you know, been preserved. Like I'm, I'm actually being, being better and more gentle to my skin. Your hair is so prone to damage when it's really soaking wet. That's mm -hmm. when you can do the most damage. So if you let it sort of air dry, or if you want to use one of those hair turbines, you know, to do most of the drying for you, that's so important in terms of hair health. Yeah. I live by the microfiber towel. We just walk around with turbans in our hair. Oh my day. gosh. My daughter does too. Like we just yeah. have matching turbans. My husband awesome. asked at us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Bo, you are such a pleasure to talk to. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today and really dive into the science behind Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty. Tell us, you mentioned your website, but exactly where we can find you, how we can check out the products, et cetera. I'm super active on social media. So come find me on Instagram. It's at Dr. Whitney Bow is my founder channel. And then the brand channel is at Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty. Those same handles are on TikTok and I'm like live on TikTok. <laughs> so I'm always there. I'm the one who's answering all the questions. So if you guys have questions, like it'll be me responding. It takes a lot of time, but it's so worth it. And the website is drwhitneybowbeauty.com. And we just have tons of information there as well. Awesome. Dr. Bo, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Aw, thanks for having me, Sunny. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of We Gotta Talk. If you don't mind, I would love if you could leave a rating and review. Those help this show to get out to people who might find it useful or entertaining. I'm so grateful for your support. Please follow on Instagram at Sunny Abada or check out our latest blog post at wegotatalk.com slash blog. See you next time. 